I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Absolute Radio's A-Team. Absolute Radio. So, I'm Frank Skinner, and uh, I'm speaking to my fellow A-Team member, Christian O'Connell. Hi, Frank. How are you? I'm... Oh, don't start like that. What am I, a doctor? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I want to get out test results at this point. <laughs> yeah, bend over. <laughs> yes. He's not coming. <laughs> I tried to get him. He's filming. <laughs> so, um... You are. Can I call you Mr. Breakfast? Well, I guess you can if you uh, if you want to. I'm happy with uh, Mr. Breakfast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's better that, because I, I always refer to you as the OC when yeah. you're not here. But yeah. I find if I said so, the OC. We shouldn't do this interview by referring to him in the third person. No, no. it's not a good idea. And the no. V gets in the way. Yeah, it's, no, it's, let's it's drop that. It doesn't work as a. So form now we replace the OC by now coming the new cat called Mr. Breakfast. <laughs> Mr. Breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Breakfast. <laughs> Would you say there are certain golden rules to being a breakfast DJ? Um, I don't. I don't know if there are. I think they're the same as you. You know, you've been doing radio for eighteen months. I think as you start to do it and you get in the rhythm of them and stuff like that, you kind of work it out. It's not difficult. You're just talking. But it always feels they talk about the breakfast show, don't they? At every station, like it's you know, it's the breakfast show. That's the big one, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, it's meant to be that there are more people listening in the morning because obviously you're an important part of the day. Whoever you're listening to, whether it was me or, or Evans or Johnny Vaughan or whatever, it's a big part of their day and they want their friend, that time they want to cheer them up and let them know that the world's okay. And, uh, you know, that's where ideally you, you're meant to be able to get the, you know, bring listeners in and then uh, hopefully they'll stick around the weekends, listen to people like you and Dave. Yeah. That's I, the theory. Yeah. We don't quite get it right. But you're being modest, but there's still the feeling that the breakfast... When you get to the Sony Awards and they say, and now the award for the breakfast show, everybody comes back from the bar. This is the one that everybody cares about. No, it's not that. I don't think it is. I think it's the, um, the, the, the one that we went in. It's all about the Entertainment Award at the Sony's. It's about that, because I think breakfast shows, they're kind of, they are kind of special shows, but they're not necessarily the best radio shows in the country. Jonathan Ross, in my mind, did the best radio show for the last five to eight years when he was on Radio 2. And he's better than any breakfast show he had in this country. And so I think uh, the Entertainment Award, that's where normally you get uh, the true representation of the talent we have in this country, Frank. Well, I'll tell you what I think, uh, Brecky, if I can call you that. Well, what's happening to Mr. Breakfast? <laughs> I've shortened it. <laughs> right. I'm just Brecky by the end of it. I'll just be B, a syllable or a consonant. I, uh... I think that uh, when I got I got nominated this year for a, yeah. for a Sony Award, and I thought it's it's not really fair that I'm up against Why? the OC because the OC has to turn it on five days a week for how many hours is it? Four hours a day. Four hours. That's twenty hours a week. I know. So this and is I go on for sorry, two. We should not be up against each other. Yeah, but categories. you should because it's either entertaining or isn't. That doesn't matter. I... But it's right, Roy Beaner. <laughs> You know, I'm Ribena and you're Coca-Cola. No, but if no, because you need a lot more Ribena to cope with that much water, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, most DJs they don't, you know, they have just one small amount of Ribena that would take like a ten-minute radio show, and they do, you know, a week. But I think that all, that that award, that category we were on, then that should go to the the best radio show. It shouldn't theory. Should go to the longest radio show. That's <laughs> my point. Well, then I'm going to start doing an eight-hour one. I might <laughs> well, win I it. Think, I think you should. so um i've read some of the things that you've done on over the years on the radio i mean incredible things like become a priest 
Yeah, and the last radio station, uh, I had a Spanish producer, and uh, we were having a drink one afternoon, and he said that um, him and his wife, she'd just become pregnant, and uh, we were sort of toasting that news. And then he said, he said uh, the sad thing is we don't really have enough money uh, to get married. And I said, that's really weird. I read this article about um, this guy who would uh, became ordained online in, like, Slough, and then went out with his best friend and that to um, Las, uh, Las Vegas. And you can become ordained online and, and, and marry someone in, in Nevada, state of Nevada, L.A., and it's legally binding in this country. But it's one of those silly ideas you have after a couple of beers. And I said, hey, maybe we should do that, but check with your missus. And I thought nothing of it. The next morning he came in and went, I've spoken to her, she's up for it. As long as it's legally binding and we're married. And I went, I feel really awkward about this now, and... I've got very strictly Catholic Irish grandparents. I don't think they'd like me mucking around with priesthood and but doing it online. The, you've got the right surname. For I know. Yeah. Father O'Connell. Well, Reverend, I think it was. Can, oh, it's Reverend. Father yeah. O'Connell. I can imagine you shouting down Jimmy Cagney in an old black and white <laughs> So we, I became ordained and we went out to um, LA and did the breakfast show there for three days and it was great fun. So are you this... still a priest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could, I could, you know, if you want to get remarried again, Frank, I'm happy, but we have to go to L.A. It's only valid there. I think I can do divorces as well. I can do the full spectrum. Could you hear my confession? <laughs> yeah, I can't hear confessions, oh, though. No, I can't. Oh, well, that's bad news. I was, I was saving that for my interview. That's <laughs> <laughs> something I've noticed. A lot of patterns in everyone's career. I sure. Think you'll agree. Well, I, I read yeah. that you interviewed um, Stephen Seagal. Yeah, I mean, what an actor, eh? You a fan of his work? No. <laughs> But you like him, don't you? Yeah, I think... And I read you saying in an interview that that was the worst interview you ever did. Why? Well, I mean, I I think there's nothing better. Because sometimes when you see a movie of you and they go, it's okay, you can't be bothered. But when I I can't help but be attracted by if it's bad science fiction or anyway, this movie is atrocious. And it normally stars Steven Seagal. And on something like Channel 5, you're never more like an hour away from... One of his manky movies, Executive Decision. He's always the same character, an mm. ex-CIA something or other who comes back for one last mission. And he's like, he's living up in the hills now. Yeah, but we need you. Only you can track down these terrorists. It's always the same movie he's making for 20, 30 years. And he pioneered that idea that you don't need plastic surgery. You can just pull your hair back really, really <laughs> tight. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's got bigger now, have you seen him recently? He's huge. No, he doesn't he? run after the baddies anymore. He just sort of waddles after them and shoots them. He doesn't do any... Because he's an amazing martial artist. Mm. And that's why I first Is became... he really? No, he's an amazing martial artist. He was like one of the first white Westerners to open up a dojo. That's a uh, martial arts gymnasium in Japan. It had never been done before. This was during the uh, sort of early 80s. He's genuinely a very, very good Aikido oh, practitioner. Well, he's, he's shot up in my estimation. Well, so sure. what was wrong with the interview then? Well... Uh, first of all, they said, look, you know, um, it's on the phone and it'll be in L.A. and uh, you'll have to do it at like half five in the morning. So come in a bit earlier. And I was like, I don't mind doing that. Uh, but when we went to do it, it's pretty clear that I don't think he'd been taking something. But let's just say he was very relaxed. Mm. Uh, he was also playing a guitar. But this is all like down a phone. So all I can hear is him sort of mumbling. He was playing a guitar ding, mid-interview. Ding, ding. And there were some friends there who was chatting to... You know when you're on the phone, you go to someone, hey, Bob, can you pass me that here? And you haven't got their attention. You go, mm. I'll call back at a bit of time. Yeah. And so I started to think, oh, this is going to be really hard work. And then the first question, I'd lazily... Because I'd, I'd seen a lot of his uh, movies, I hadn't done that much preparation. I thought, we'll just wing it. And that, But I had the Wikipedia page up. But as you know, Wikipedia's made up of lies and... BS. And the first one was that he had his own um, aftershave called Scent of Action. I thought, oh, that's quite funny. I said, hey, that's funny about the aftershave. He went, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Mm. Then I went on, uh, also on Wikipedia, so I was just reading it out, I went, oh, what about this uh, energy bar you've got called uh, Lightning Bolt? I don't know what you're talking about. I said, hey, what do you think about things like Jason Bourne and stuff like coming along in movies now? I thought we'd try and get on to his acting, you know, yeah. fact of his ego. He said, I don't watch movies. I don't even know who Jason Bourne is. I said, what about James Bond? I've never seen any of those movies. So it became, oh. it was getting worse. But the only thing that kept me going was I think, this is brilliant. I've got the worst interview I've ever done with Steven Seagal. It's bad that I go on air going, I've just done the worst interview ever, rather than going, I've just seen Stephen going, it's okay. Well, I'll tell you what I think. Now, I, I, I believe in, uh, in a certain cosmic coincidences. Yeah. And in my extensive research of your career... You're reading I, I, from Wikipedia right now, Frank. No, no, I, I've got an energy drink out called Lightning Bolt. I read the thing where you said you'd interviewed a woman who'd been attacked by a, by a seagull. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And I couldn't quite understand why... You said you played various sound effects of birds. This is another thing. Why are we going over the things that I... Why can't we talk about the amazing interviews I've done, Frank? Well, you deliberately what? found out the worst radio I've done in 13 years. This is like a reverse, this is your life. No, it, but it's a Derek Akora thing, <laughs> because don't you see that there's a seagull theme in both oh, of I those Oh, I see interviews. where we're going now. Yes. The art of the interview exactly. is suddenly revealed. Well, did you see that coming? <laughs> it's like James Lipton inside the DJ studio. Yes. Oh, I love his Earl Grey. I see. Um... Yeah, look, it was a long time ago, Frank, and we did speak to... But there's, to... A, there's a seagull theme in your work. <laughs> you... And these things come in threes. So you're saying, I need to watch out leaving here, one might poop on me or do no, something No, I'm like... saying don't interview anyone in any seagull or cigar or segull-based en- anything. Well, Avoid that in future. I hadn't I ever thought of it like that, Frank. I'm going to well, write that, that down now. That doesn't surprise me that you okay. haven't thought of that. well... This is awkward now. Frank's told me off. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, uh, you've won lots of awards... Mr. Breakfast. Oh, back to what happened to Brecky? Why is he gone? Now? I don't know. I feel I, I needed to go formal. <laughs> now we've gone into the awards section. You've won lots of awards, uh, and I presume you've been also nominated for awards, and you haven't then won them. Yeah, well, well you'll bring us up because uh, that happened a couple of months ago, and I was sat next to you, and we were in the same category, and you got on the grid, and I didn't. This is why you want to bring it up again. Yet no. more horrible incidents. No, I'll tell you why I want to bring it up, because one thing I've realised, one of the, the, the pluses of doing yeah. radio, is all the my acceptance speech, I was able to steadily interweave into my next radio show, all the gags. Oh, did you? Now, I want to know if you've, if you've thought of that level of recycling. No. Well, this is what, you must have a load of acceptance speeches, which were never used. Used. Yeah, tons. Yeah. Tons to sat there, Frank. Oh, no, I never thought of that. Well, I mean, just get it. I mean, I, pr- I presume they're all on a massive file somewhere on your computer, except I'm speeches. taking mildly uh, offence at the phrase massive file, Frank. <laughs> well, because you've had so This started off really well with you saying you've done loads, you've won loads of awards. I thought, oh, this would be nice. It's the easy bit. Then you've gone, what about the ones you didn't win? Well, because... Uh, you know, people don't want to hear about what you've no. won. Um, I, do you know what I've sadly done with them? And this is a true story. I always then, like the morning after the award thing, you didn't win the award. I think it's healthy to, to move on, so I delete it. Oh. Vicious, isn't it? You see... I think that's healthier. Otherwise, I just think you, you just need to move on, forget about it, and carry on. You see, I'm like the Chinese chef. <laughs> Even the feet. <laughs> Absolute Radio's A-Team. Frank Skinner interviews Christian O'Connell. Absolute Radio. One thing I didn't know is that you commentate on mixed martial arts. Yeah, this is true, yeah. Since I was a kid, I got into martial arts. And, do you uh, do martial arts? Yeah. You what sound do- like, like a surprise. Don't you, aren't you sat in front of someone, you get the aura that I could kill? Well... Not really. <laughs> Be honest. Well, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't get that. You know. I mean, the interview is not going that well, but, I, but to physically kill. No. I always imagine the sort of people that uh, do martial arts are people with the longing to, to destroy. Well, see, that's where you're wrong about martial arts. It's self-mastering control. And because, actually, physical con- conflict as a kid frightened me, I, I wanted to do it in a weird kind of way. I wanted to overcome a fear. And so that's why I did it. And I, it's something I've always sort of on and off over the years sort of done. And the last couple of years I got back into it. And I really enjoy it. And the weirdest thing is, it's, uh, I find it oddly relaxing because um, uh, doing radio and sort of being, having to talk for four hours every day, you constantly, you're constantly thinking about things and writing it down. That's great fun. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to sort of zone out and just stop the noise and clutter. Oddly enough, for the sort of hour and a half, two hours, I have my little lesson with the little uh, instructor. I don't think about anything else because I have to focus on that one thing. So weirdly enough, I find it really relaxing. And when I finish, I feel calm, if that makes any sense. So, for our listeners, if you're feeling tense at work, hit people. No, it's not about hitting people. You're (laughs) fixed on the violence. It's about defending, it's about... Well, you must hit people if you don't martial arts. Well, no, because some of the stuff we do, if you need to get into it, is grappling and wrestling and stuff like that. It's Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well as, as striking. Okay. I don't know what martial arts you do then. Will I have heard of them? Because there's some of these, there's the big ones. Yeah, it's... it's and then it's, there's things like makahihi, which no one has really I, ever no, heard. No one's ever heard of that, Frank, <laughs> and I get the feeling this is some sort of scam system you're setting up yourself or whatever <laughs> makahihi is. Has yeah. he been signed by Man City? Well, I... <laughs> so, come on, what, what do you do? Well, it's, it's a mixture of martial arts, so there's some uh, striking... Fusion. Yes, there is. It's a blend. Uh, and so it's a mixture of styles. You get the striking that you'd know about, I guess, from seeing martial arts movies. No, but have they got names? Like, do you do Kung yes. Fu? Uh, there's Wing Chun, which is a, a, a style of Kung Fu. Right. And then there's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is ground fighting and grappling. And Brazilian and Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. Isn't that the one that's dancing as well? No, that's the French one, Capoeira. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, could you, could you kill a man? No, I don't want it. No, could no. you? What, what, Could you? If, what, I, look, if, I, if, if my I... life defended on it, and, and my family as well, I guess anything. But then you could kill someone. You can kill someone with a pillow. Anyone can kill someone. You could with a you. pillow? Yeah. We smother them, Frank. You must have seen... Oh, you could... I thought you meant in a pillow fight. <laughs> I thought, what kind it's a of very extreme very... do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they're allergic to feathers. <laughs> well, I'm interested by that, though, because I've always thought you to be genial in the extreme. Well, I mean, it's not like a, a big part of my life, but I, I enjoy doing it. And then, bizarrely enough, a couple of years ago, um, I uh, was uh, chatting to someone about it who was doing a TV show, and he said, do you fancy coming on and doing some commentary? I said, I've never done commentary, that's really hard work. And he said, no, you're naturally into it, and you've been doing it for a long time, why don't you give it a go? So I gave it a go, I found it really hard work, and a couple of times I just stopped talking because I was getting a bit bored. Mm. And I just wanted to watch it rather than watch and think about sort of commenting on it. Yeah. But, um, it's, yeah, it's good fun. It's actually something a bit different. I have fantasised about being able to destroy was... people with my bare hands. Yeah, but we all do. You know, someone will cut you no, up. No, but you don't need to. That's well, of course I do. Someone could, you could destroy me with your bare hands. N- no, I couldn't. Well, How should could. I do that? Well, say you one morning you tuned into your radio station because you say, I'm Mr. Breakfast, you're Mr. Weekends, you don't like what I'm doing, you get so angry, you come down to the station, you go berserk and you kill me. I couldn't kill you, though, yeah, because you could, you're, in you're theory. an expert in makawaki. <laughs> Did <laughs> you forget that? What, when have you fantasised about destroying people? Have you been... We didn't, we've all done that. Yeah. You know, someone's been a bit off with you in yeah. a pub, and, and afterwards you think, oh, I should have said done something, that. and I didn't. Yeah. And then I, then I imagine 17 different ways of beating them Yeah, up. we all do that. 
But you don't need to do that. Well, that's of course not. I wouldn't go and do that because that would be a horrible way and that's a bad way to live in life. Do you ever worry that what, you, you could snap No, because I'm not. You're making out like I'm Jason Bourne. I'm Mr. Breakfast. Let's not forget that. Yeah, but Mr. Breakfast can get overcooked sometimes. <laughs> Hey, do you think this is a good idea, right? You've got TV content. You could be a serial killer. Well, no, I... <laughs> Mr. Breakfast. So, look, how do you feel about being? We are both members, apparently, of Absolute's A Team. Don't you slightly? I feel slightly embarrassed about that. I feel uncomfortable. I can't face the people that aren't members of the A Team. <laughs> That's the trouble. What about those DJs who aren't on the A Team? Yeah, but there's, you know what? I think in radio there are people that want to do the big shows and do the big shows, and I think there are other people who uh, like working in radio and kind of they 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 understand the pecking order. You see, I think there are people who do the big shows, and then there are people who hate the people who do the big shows. Oh yeah, listen, if you do the breakfast show, then people in the building just think, "What an idiot." Because I just think they expect you to be a fool and stuff like that. You know, it's okay when Frank Skinner or Dave Gorman usher through the little thing. It's kind of something I- I- exclusive and like, wow. But when you're the breakfast show and they see you every day and stuff like that, they get, you know, but like, oh, God, you can tell. I can see it in their eyes, Frank, you know. Oh, God, yeah. We are the A team anyway, apparently. <laughs> I, I mean, it all depends what the A stands for, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing. But I'm, uh, it's, odd, it's an odd coincidence because... Um, you had a sort of a mis- there's a Mr. T theme in your life, isn't there? How? Well, didn't you used to do a sort of a dramatic thing when Mr. T was a a, a character? We did this very unfunny thing for about. Uh, for about I said dramatic. That was a nice way of putting it. You <laughs> said unfunny. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Called at home with Mr. T. I don't know why we did it, but we did do it. And um, uh, when I first came here, and um, uh, the boss, it was the only time a boss has said you really can't do that anymore. It wasn't about it being unfen- un- uh, offensive material. We've had complaints. He said it's just rubbish. <laughs> so I said. Great, can we have you firing Mr. T in the last ever episode at home with Mr. T? And he went, fine, as long as this is the last ever one. So we recorded him doing it in a really uh, awful way. And then bizarrely, um, David Tennant was in the next day. So we said, oh, David, could you be in this sketch of the last ever at home with Mr. T? And politely went, yeah, fine. So the last ever episode had guest off David Tennant. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> It's interesting you mention um, David because he's a big mate of yours. Well, I would say he's a big mate. He's some, you know, it's like sometimes doing this job, you sometimes uh, bizarrely start to actually find that, you know, someone's actually quite a nice guy when interviewing them and you sort of kind of get on. You know, you and yeah, Dave. I, I never see them again, though, to be <laughs> honest. I don't. I just don't. So, I've interviewed people and thought, I really like this person. I've had a guest on this, on the radio show I do on Saturdays. I've had guests, and I thought, I really like yeah. warm to this person, but I don't know that I'd ever want to see them again. Yeah, but I mean... But David Tennant, I'd be excited because he's David Tennant. Yeah, and he came on a couple of times, and we always got on really well, and so we did take it to the next level. But listen, there's something I need to know. Yeah? He once gave his bed. Yeah. No way was that his bed. It was his bed. I saw it. In, I know. It was in the studios yeah. here, and it was you, it was about four feet long. He's, yeah. he's massive, isn't he? Yeah, but he's Scottish, and I don't want to use stereotypes what, what, here. What, did they sleep in a coil? <laughs> I'm saying money. They coil up like, like an adder. Doctor Who apparently doesn't pay very well, and I thought when he said, hey, why don't we give my bed away, I thought, oh, this would be like a big bed they must have been through loads of starlets on, and then that manky old sort of student, sort of horrible killer's bed mm. turned up. That, no, that no one, And even the person that won it, they came and saw it and said, no, it's okay, and Well, it was it. here for ages. About it's probably still months, here somewhere. About five months. No one wanted it. Even no, the person that paid £5,000 for it went, don't worry about it. In there, I bought it just to use his DNA. <laughs> I'm doing some experimenting in my laboratory. 
One last question. Yeah. What's it like working for Chris Evans? Um, it was. Uh, it was a. It was. I think the cliche is a roller coaster. Mm. I mean, you got to imagine. I was doing a. It was in my first year of ever doing a London breakfast show. So it was about sort of eight years ago. And suddenly, this phone call comes from my agent going, uh, "Chris Evans wants to meet you about doing a TV show with him." So I'd never done any TV in my life. Was this in the days of horrible Chris Evans? Because he. In, in I think to be honest, he was in a very angry place. Yeah. In interviews now, he says, "I'm yeah. now a nice bloke, yeah. but I used to be a horrible." Yeah. Bloke. And I, so I went to meet him at his flat, and I'd obviously known Chris from watching him and hearing him. And I used to do a terrible sales job with, like, the headset doing cold calling. I would iron my shirts in the morning, hating my job, but listen to this guy on the radio thing. I'd love to do that. So then getting to meet him. But he, it, was, it was not the Chris who slimmed down looking good now. He had a big ginger beard. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, oh, my God. It's around his flat with a load of other sort of people there as well. And he was like, how do you fancy doing this five-night-a-week show on Channel 5? And I was like right you know i've not done any tv he goes well we've just sort of fallen out with chris moores do you want to take over his show in a room above a pub in a red light area and i was kind of like well yeah i guess so yeah fine so it was live in the evening for half an hour on channel five uh, but i was still obviously doing the breakfast show and it was just it was exhausting and then chris was in a bad place and sometimes we turn up to meetings at channel five and they go where's chris then and they go oh, he's going to play golf we don't know when he's going to be back in a couple of weeks time and but I, I, but I enjoyed it. It was a great experience. Okay. And I got to get a, uh, a big TV for the first time in my life off the back of doing it. I didn't realise how much money you get on TV. I'd never done radio. Oh, they didn't give you a... Uh, it sounded like you got... That's what they paid me, a TV. <laughs> you can do it for 12 weeks, five days a week, and we'll give you a new TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad, is it? No. I'd settle for that now. You could, I could, at my stage, I could probably push for, for a 3D. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you're working here? It's just for the uh, consumer goods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm after a DAB. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Christian, I love you. Well, thank you very much uh, from me, Mr. Breakfast, to you, Mr. Weekend. Absolute Radio's 18. Absolute Radio.